This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. It's IVP author Drew Jackson here, and I want to tell you about my second collection of poetry called Touch the Earth, Poems on the Way. So keep listening until the end of the episode to learn more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 through chapter 9, verse 12. Life is brief, and death is certain. A good reputation is better than precious perfume. Likewise, the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a funeral than a feast. For death is the destiny of every person, and the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, because sober reflection is good for the heart. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of merrymaking. Frivolous living versus wisdom. It is better for a person to receive a rebuke from those who are wise than to listen to the song of fools. For like the crackling of quick-burning thorns under a cooking pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This kind of folly also is useless. Human wisdom overturned by adversity. Surely oppression can turn a wise person into a fool. Likewise, a bribe corrupts the heart. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Likewise, patience is better than pride. Do not let yourself be quickly provoked. For anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not say, why were the old days better than these days? For it is not wise to ask that. Wisdom can lengthen one's life. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing. It benefits those who see the light of day. For wisdom provides protection, just as money provides protection. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves the life of its owner. Wisdom acknowledges God's orchestration of life. Consider the work of God. For who can make straight what he has bent? In times of prosperity, be joyful. But in times of adversity, consider this. God has made one as well as the other, so that no one can discover what the future holds. Exceptions to the Law of Retribution 
During the days of my fleeting life, I have seen both of these things. Sometimes a righteous person dies prematurely, in spite of his righteousness. And sometimes a wicked person lives long, in spite of his evil deeds. So do not be excessively righteous or excessively wise. Otherwise, you might be disappointed. Do not be excessively wicked and do not be a fool. Otherwise, you might die before your time. It is best to take hold of one warning without letting go of the other warning. For the one who fears God will follow both warnings. Wisdom needed because no one is truly righteous. Wisdom gives a wise person more protection than ten rulers in a city. For there is not one truly righteous person on the earth who continually does good and never sins. Also, do not pay attention to everything that people say. Otherwise, you might even hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your own heart that you also have cursed others many times. Human wisdom is limited. I have examined all this by wisdom. I said, I am determined to comprehend this, but it was beyond my grasp. Whatever has happened is beyond human understanding. It is far more than anyone can fathom. True righteousness and wisdom are virtually non-existent. I try to understand, examine, and comprehend the role of wisdom in the scheme of things and to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the insanity of folly. I discovered this. More bitter than death is the kind of woman who is like a hunter's snare. Her heart is like a hunter's net, and her hands are like prison chains. The man who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is captured by her. The teacher says, I discovered this while trying to discover the scheme of things, item by item. What I have continually sought, I have not found. I have found only one upright man among a thousand, but I have not found one upright woman among all of them. This alone have I discovered. God made humankind upright, but they have sought many evil schemes. Human government demonstrates limitations of wisdom. Who is a wise person? Who knows the solution to a problem? A person's wisdom brightens his appearance and softens his harsh countenance. Obey the king's command, because you took an oath before God to be loyal to him. Do not rush out of the king's presence in haste. Do not delay when the matter is unpleasant for he can do whatever he pleases. Surely the king's authority is absolute. No one can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will not experience harm. And a wise person knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. For the oppression of the king is severe upon his victim. Surely no one knows the future, and no one can tell another person what will happen just as no one has power over the wind to restrain it. So no one has power over the day of his death, just as no one can be discharged during the battle. So wickedness cannot rescue the wicked. While applying my mind to everything that happens in the world, I have seen all of this. Sometimes one person dominates other people to their harm. Contradictions to the law of retribution. Not only that, but I have seen the wicked approaching and entering the temple. And as they left the holy temple, they had boasted in the city that they had done so. This also is an enigma. When a sentence is not executed at once against a crime, the human heart is encouraged to do evil. 
even though a sinner might commit a hundred crimes and still live a long time. Yet I know that it will go well with God-fearing people, for they stand in fear before him. But it will not go well with the wicked, nor will they prolong their days like a shadow, because they do not stand in fear before God. Here is another enigma that occurs on earth. Sometimes there are righteous people who get what the wicked deserve, and sometimes there are wicked people who get what the righteous deserve. I said, this also is an enigma. Enjoy life in spite of its injustices. So I recommend the enjoyment of life, for there is nothing better on earth for a person to do except to eat, drink, and enjoy life. So joy will accompany him in his toil during the days of his life that God gives him on earth. Limitations of Human Wisdom When I try to gain wisdom and to observe the activity on earth, even though it prevents anyone from sleeping day or night, then I discerned all that God has done. No one really comprehends what happens on earth. Despite all human efforts to discover it, no one can ever grasp it. Even if a wise person claimed that he understood, he would not really comprehend it. Chapter 9. Everyone Will Die So I reflected on all this, attempting to clear it all up. I concluded that the righteous and the wise, as well as their works, are in the hand of God. Whether a person will be loved or hated, no one knows what lies ahead. Everyone shares the same fate. The righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad, the ceremonially clean and unclean, those who offer sacrifices and those who do not. What happens to the good person also happens to the sinner. What happens to those who make vows also happens to those who are afraid to make vows. This is the unfortunate fact about everything that happens on earth. The same fate awaits everyone. In addition to this, the hearts of all people are full of evil, and there is folly in their hearts during their lives. Then they die. Better to be poor but alive than rich but dead. But whoever is among the living has hope. A live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead do not know anything. They have no further reward. And even the memory of them disappears. What they loved as well as what they hated and envied perished long ago. And they no longer have a part in anything that happens on earth. Life is brief, so cherish its joys. Go, eat your food with joy and drink your wine with a happy heart, because God has already approved your works. Let your clothes always be white, and do not spare precious ointment on your head. Enjoy life with your beloved wife during all the days of your fleeting life, that God has given you on earth during all your fleeting days. For that is your reward in life and in your burdensome work on earth. Whatever you find to do with your hands, do it with all your might because there is neither work nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave, the place where you will eventually go. Wisdom cannot protect against seemingly chance events. Again, I observe this on the earth. The race is not always won by the swiftest. The battle is not always won by the strongest. Prosperity does not always belong to those who are the wisest. Wealth does not always belong to those who are the most discerning. Nor does success always come to those with the most knowledge, for time and chance may overcome them all. Surely no one knows his appointed time. Like fish, they are caught in a deadly net, and like birds, they are caught in a snare. 
Just like them, all people are ensnared at an unfortunate time that falls upon them suddenly. New Testament reading. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 through 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Chapter 2, Paul's ministry and Thessalonica. For you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, about our coming to you. It has not proven to be purposeless. But although we suffered earlier and were mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of much opposition. For the appeal that we make does not come from error or impurity or with deceit. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we declare it, not to please people, but God, who examines our hearts. For we never appeared with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness, nor to seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Although we could have imposed our weight as apostles of Christ, instead, we became little children among you, like a nursing mother caring for her own children. With such affection for you, we were happy to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become dear to us. For you recall, brothers and sisters, our toil and drudgery by working night and day, so as not to impose a burden on any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, as to how holy and righteous and blameless our conduct was towards you who believe. As you know, we treated each one of you as a father treats his children, exhorting and encouraging you and insisting that you live in a way worthy of God who calls you to his own kingdom and his glory. And so we too constantly thank God that when you received God's message that you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human message, but as it truly is, God's message, which is at work among you who believe. For you became imitators, brothers and sisters of God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea, because you too suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they in fact did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us severely. They are displeasing to God and are opposed to all people because they hinder us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. Thus, they constantly fill up their measure of sin, but wrath has come upon them completely. Forced absence from Thessalonica. But when we were separated from you, brothers and sisters, for a short time, in presence, not in affection, we became all the more fervent in our great desire to see you in person, for we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, in fact, tried again and again, but Satan thwarted us. For who is our hope or joy or crown to boast of before our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? It is not, of course, you, for you are our glory and joy. Chapter 3 For when we could bear it no longer, we decided to stay on in Athens alone. We sent Timothy, our brother and fellow worker for God, in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen you and encourage you about your faith so that no one would be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For in fact, when we were with you, we were telling you in advance that we would suffer affliction. And so it has happened, as you well know. So when I could bear it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith, for fear that the tempter somehow tempted you 
and our toil had proven useless. But now Timothy has come to us from you and given us the good news of your faith and love, that you always think of us with affection and long to see us, just as we also long to see you. So in all our distress and affliction, we were reassured about you, brothers and sisters, through your faith. For now we are alive again, if you stand firm in the Lord. For how can we thank God enough for you, for all the joy we feel because of you before our God? We pray earnestly, night and day, to see you in person and make up what may be lacking in your faith. Now may God our Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we do for you, so that your hearts are strengthened in holiness to be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and merciful God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for an opportunity to press pause and to get in the word. We thank you, O Lord, that we know that as we hear your word, as we study it today, we're actually not alone in that, that the spirit of the living God is with us in the study of your word, O Lord. And we thank you that many, many people, many believers near to us and far from us are also getting in the word. We thank you, O Lord, that we are a part of a community, O God. And we thank you that as we reflect even on our own life and even this short period of time that we might find ourselves in, we can sometimes feel a great sense of despair. We can look at our knowledge and understanding and we can look at the ways of the world and we can feel a sense of despair and desperation. We can wonder what's the purpose of it. What's the point of it, O God? And as we reflect even on these Ecclesiastes passages, O God, we hear what is likely Solomon later in life, one who had great, great wisdom, in some ways despairing through this text, O God. We see, O God, that wisdom is not enough. (laughs) We see, O God, that knowledge is not enough, that money and resources and power are never enough, that we need you, O God, to grant to us a life and a holy wisdom and provision and joy that is persistent through life's ups and downs. It is indeed folly for us to place our hope in our work, in our temporary emotions and feelings, even in our intellect or wisdom, O God. We must place our full hope and entrust ourselves to you. We thank you, O God, for the community of believers in our lives right now, but throughout the history of the church. And we're reminded in these passages in terms of Paul's ministry in Thessalonica, oh God, we are reminded of the warmth, the warmth that can be found in the body of Christ. And God, right now, as I reflect on this, these words, these, these prayers that are being lifted up, a longing to, to reconnect and to be united again and to help sharpen and to grow each other up in the faith, I pray right now for everyone who is listening, who is not a part of a community where these prayers would be prayed on their behalf, a longing to see them again, a longing to see them grow up in Jesus Christ, a longing for their faith to be deepened, for their joy uh, to become full and rich and abundant, oh God. I pray right now for healthy, godly Christian community, near and far. And I pray, oh God, that we might be 
more and more connected to the church of old, the great cloud of witnesses, the church Catholic all around the world, uh, the, the universal church, oh God, the church near and far, the church that reflects our own culture and ethnicity and heritage, oh God, and the churches of believers of different backgrounds as well. I pray for a deep and real blood-bought, spirit-filled connection, O Lord. And I pray, O God, that we would be unified, but not unified around a country club identity, not unified to the cover-up of sin and injustice and wickedness, but unified in a real way about your holiness and righteousness, about your mercy, about your gospel, about your grace. I pray now for the body of Christ, that it would be all that you would want it to be. And I thank you, O God, that you, Lord Jesus, are the head of the church, and it will be what you will for it to be. This is our only hope. This is, this is what we uh, can proclaim, is that the church is the Lord Jesus Christ's church. And for that, we give you thanks and praise. Amen and amen. Hey, everyone. It's Drew Jackson here. And I'm excited to tell you about my second book, Touch the Earth a collection of poetry that continues what I started in my first book, God Speaks Through Wombs, poems conversing with the Gospel of Luke through the lens of my own experience as a black man navigating American empire. Touch the Earth picks up in chapter nine and continues through the end of Luke's gospel. These poems are about what it looks like and feels like to journey on the way. When our grand ideas about love, faith, joy, and grief come down from their lofty places and get into the dirt and dust of life where things get real and faith puts on flesh when they touch the earth. My hope is that these poems will stir your imagination, become prayers for you, and meet you wherever you are. You can get your own copy of Touch the Earth at ivpress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go slow to the city.